there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, your instant reaction post-game podcast from the Texas Tech victory over the Oklahoma State Cowboys 45-35. I'm your host, Spencer, joined remotely by Michael. Hello, everybody. We've got a, I'm coming at you from 23 personnel headquarters in the opposite direction. North, I'm on the North, in the North HQ. And I'm in the South HQ. And uh, I, I wanted to start off by just uh, telling everyone how glad I am about how wrong I was about oh, how this game was going to go. So glad and, to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't think either of us are uh, really that into being right about losing <laughs> by 25 points. No, so, no. Uh, you know, this was a this was a welcome surprise. Obviously, I didn't see it coming. I don't want to speak for Spencer too much, but it, it was it was a heck of a game, and um, I'm I'm ready to dive into it when you are. No, for sure. So, if you go back to the preview, which you don't have to, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you the the highlights of that real quick. At the end of my interview with Marshall from Pistols Firing, I was like, "Tech wins if what?" Um. And he laid out a couple things. And what I added to that was if the Texas Tech defense can force fumbles, if they can throw Spencer Sanders off his game, if they can control Chuba Hubbard, if they can control Tylen Wallace, I made up this long laundry list of things. Kind of like you need to do all these things to have a shot. And damn it, you did every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Five turnovers plus five on the day. Six if Not- you count the, the forced the fourth down conversion fail. Sure. Yeah. And all of them, you know, poor kid, they were all on Spencer Sanders. And just all five of them, three interceptions, two fumbles. All were I think Sanders. one was a tipped interception. You, you know, you might could take a little bit of that off of him, but the, the defense just really, they were able to zone in on what he liked to do and um, force him to make mistakes. And, and he was a guy that came in. He's just a red shirt freshman. He came in with five interceptions on the, on the year already left with eight. Um, yeah. Left with eight. <laughs> I mean, he had a, a tendency to cough up the ball or to have some turnovers. And that was something that was, as you rightfully pointed out, would need to be a crucial part of this game for, for tech to, to maintain uh, any chance of winning. And it was a monumental part of the game. No, for sure. Um, at one point in the, in the middle of the game, the broadcast crew flashed a stat that said Spencer Sanders had thrown, it was after the first interception, it was before the second one, it said Sanders had thrown five interceptions in his last 51 pass attempts. Two attempts later, he throws interception number six. So he was six interceptions in 53 attempts. So yeah, they've all come in bunches this past couple of games. Um, your defense really set the tone in the game play number three, you forced 
a turnover. And I want to play that for you real quick. Sanders looks right, steps up, set, fumbles. Turnover. Texas Tech's got it. So this was play number three of the game. You you get pressure on Sanders, you sack him, you strip the ball from him, and then you recover. Now, your offense took a little bit to get going. Um, I think you ended up scoring three points off this drive when you recovered the ball inside the 30. Um, and when you talk about being plus five or plus six in the turnover margin and you win a game by 10, you're like, well, you left a lot of points on the field. You did. Uh, yeah. There are definitely things that, that you can you, you can improve on. Um, so since we're on the defense, let's start with that. Um, you started the game off first possession with a, a turnover on play number three. Um, on the day, like if you look at your, your rush defense, um, Tuba Hubbard, the, the, the running back you were most anxious to try to stop ended up carrying the ball 34 times a day, which is a heck of a lot of carries. That is a lot to ask of a single person. Uh, I'm, I'm not even, I can't do the math this quickly, but, I don't think Tech attempted that many rushes as a team. They they attempted thirty five total. Oh my gosh! So, so it was just right there. Texas Tech rushed the ball thirty five times between six players. Chuba Hubbard rushed the ball thirty four times himself. Um, he had one hundred and fifty six yards, which was half of what he got last week. His longest run of the day was twenty two yards. So his 34 carries like he averaged just under five yards a carry 4.6. He never broke free. I mean, he had a couple of like in that 20 yard range, he had a 22, he had like a 19 or 18 yard. But besides that, like you made him earn every single yard he picked up on the ground. Um, and it really helped it slow down their offense. They weren't as explosive. Uh, obviously once you got Spencer Sanders turning the ball over, it seemed like he was, timid a little bit um you know you got those you got two interceptions there in the second quarter on back-to-back drives you could have had three interceptions back-to-back but uh one of your defensive backs dropped it you you got pressure on sanders um you did yeah it with, even when you rushed three or four guys you would you would get pressure on him yeah and and, and that also started off early in the game uh we were talking to one of our friends, RC Maxfield, who is with KTXT, and he was pointing out to us early in the game, Keith Patterson was running stunts in the front, and it was giving the Oklahoma State offensive line fits. They weren't picking it up very well. You were you were having guys break through really quickly because they couldn't pass off the blocking assignments smoothly. Um, in the post-game press conference, Douglas Coleman said, the defensive performance today started up front. Everything that everything good that the defense did today was set by the way the defensive line played today. And I, I can't disagree. No, they, they set the tone. There was, there was one drive, the, the first drive that Oklahoma state scored right before halftime. Uh, it was just Chuba Hubbard. That was it. He had five straight runs for 46 yards. It was 120. I mean, a minute and 25 seconds off the clock touchdown. And and that was one of those things that was kind of a sobering moment headed into halftime thinking, Oh, well 
you know, the defense held as long as they could, and now they're they may not be able to to come back out and give the same kind of effort and be able to contain Hubbard. But but they, they did. did, yeah, no. <laughs> so he he finished the half with 105 yards. He finished the game with 156. So he picked up 51 yards in the second half. That's yeah, it. and and he had 46 of his total yards on that one drive. So it was nuts. Your rush defense did really well. Yes, Hubbard got three touchdowns. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Um, but you contained him. You didn't let Hubbard beat you. Um, your defensive backs, or because of the pressure, your defensive line was able to create, your defensive backs were just feasting. They had a lot of pass breakups. They had... um those three interceptions um, very nearly had a couple more. Uh, you finished the game with seven sacks on defense, seven. That's a lot. Yep. That's a lot of pressure to a supposedly veteran, really capable offensive line. I mean, this, this defense, we, we said, and I think we agreed that they played well enough in Arizona to win the game. Um, that 99-yard drive was a backbreaker, but that's that's just kind of how that goes sometimes. But after the showing that we saw in Norman, I think they were just as anxious to get back out on the field and show that that's not who they are completely. And, you know, I didn't really believe it uh, for sure. And it, I'm still skeptical. skeptical. I think what really helped today was the fact that Spencer Sanders is inexperienced and they were able to rattle him early. I mean, that still give them credit for that, but I think that's why when you come across a team like OU, you've got a guy like Hertz back there who's not going to get rattled easily, who's going to make good decisions, and that's kind of, you know, you compound that with the missed tackles and the other stuff we saw last week, and it can really get out of hand, but this week, they really carried out what I'm assuming was Patterson's game plan, which was just to pressure Sanders into making some mistakes and then take advantage of him, which was the most important part. The offense was able to step up and use those turnovers and, you know, take advantage of the 19 tackles that Jordan Brooks had today. 14 tackles for loss on the team for the team. Um, yeah. So that pressure, your defensive line was able to create helped, um, like I said, help turn the ball over back to your offense. And I got a couple plays I want to play for you here. Done. Nick racked up about four straight punts here. 
Here's Sanders off the play action. And intercepted. Demarcus Fields makes the pick. So, I don't know if you heard at the very beginning of that clip, you had already forced him into like four, four punts plus the, the, the fumble at the beginning of the game. I think in the, to start the game, you had Oklahoma State. Okay, yeah. I'm going to read the first half drive chart for Oklahoma State. You ready? I'm ready. Fumble, punt, 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 interception, interception, downs, punt, touchdown. You'll so, take that any day, <laughs> any day of the week, no matter who you're playing. 10 first half drives their first nine drives they came up with nothing they had turnovers on three consecutive drives the two interceptions and then the turnover on downs and then like i said the first first drive was a fumble as well so you had four turnovers in the first half and you go into the half i think you were up 20 to seven um Yes. You didn't have a great start um, to the game. Offensively, you had a field goal, punt, touchdown, field goal, punt, missed field goal, touchdown, downs, punt, half. Yeah, and that downs was, I believe, the fake punt. was the fake punt, which was ridiculous. Um, so that first interception uh, in the second quarter – was on their very first play. So like he said they had four straight punts um, and then they came out and that was the first play. Um, and then when they got the ball after that, so on that interception, you drove down and then you missed the field goal. Um, they took over th- three plays later. Raider red hot. Sanders again throwing and picked. Great anticipation, and we talked about Coleman. He steps in front and makes the play. So three plays, and you force another turnover. Um, Like I said, your defense in the first half was just unbelievable. Um, You held Oklahoma State to, what were they, one for ten on third down conversions going into halftime? Yes, the and, only third down they converted was on that Hubbard drive that we mentioned, and that was also their first appearance in the red zone. It was their first appearance in the red zone. It was their first conversion of a third down, and it was that third down play that on it was the third down play that Hubbard scored. It's like yeah, third and three, was, or whatever, and then it ended up needing like their entire team to push him into the end zone. Yeah, it was just a three yard run. Just uh, I, I can't remember if they were or if it was. At the three-yard line or, or what, but I didn't. I can't remember where it was spotted, but yeah, they had to get pushed through to get in there. Um, but that was their only first down or third down conversion of the first half, and only time in the red zone, the first half. So you held them to five of nineteen on third down for the day. Um, you forced them to go for it on fourth down five times today. Now, unfortunately, they converted four of those five. So, I mean, they went nine for 24 on third or fourth down conversions. That's still like a third, just over 33%, which you'll take, obviously. 
Yeah, and, and their third down conversions, they're no slouch. I mean, they were um, coming into this game, they were number 13 in the FBS with, uh, you know, 52% third down offense uh, against Kansas. Kansas was, or Kansas State, I'm sorry, was able to slow them down. They only con- converted four for 13 on third downs, and that's about 31%. But then today, uh, what did you say it was? Five for 16, Spencer? They were five for 19 on five third for 19. down. Four for five uh, on fourth. Yeah, so that that was only twenty six percent conversion. So they're they're kind of declining because possibly they're meeting some better competition. And and one other thing that stood out when you mentioned their red zone. Um, well, did you did you mention red zone scoring or was it fourth down? So no that, conversions. That was fourth down, but it, it's the same. They were four for five in the red zone. Okay, that's why I got confused because I thought that was the same number. That that equates because you know they're one of the best in the country. I think they're tied with OU coming into this on uh, red zone scoring. I think they were twenty one for twenty two until this game. So that when when they get there, they usually score, and they still did that today. But Tech somehow was able to limit them from even even getting to the red zone. Yeah. Um, you were as an offense. You were five for six in the red zone. the 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 one time you didn't come away with points was on that fake field goal. Um, that from the press box, like Oklahoma State was ready for it. They were barely in a field goal block formation. It looked like they were basically in their base defense. And so I was like, that, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I don't want to talk about. I that think they watched yet. the Arizona tape. Um. Do you want to stick on the on the defense and go through the second half, or are you going to go back and talk about the the offense in the first half? Uh, well, we could uh, we could do offense first. Okay, so when when you got the ball um, and Oklahoma State helped you with that, your offense started a little slowly. Um, when you took over after that fumble, I think it was the very first play. Jet Duffy he he way overthrows Dante Thompson who is wide open inside the five. Um, you ended up coming away with three points in that drive. And then it just it just felt like, at least in the first half, a little clunky, a, a little inconsistent. Um, sorry, let me get back to the drives. Like I said, field goal on the first drive, punt. You went, th- you went three and out on the, on the next drive, punt. Uh, on your third drive, six plays, 83 yards for a touchdown. Um, so at this point, you're up 10-0. Next drive, you forced Oklahoma State to punt. Six plays, 31 yards for a field goal. Um, and then you had a punt after that. And then, then the fake field goal, or the, or the missed field goal, sorry. Like, your first half offense was it never really felt like it got consistently moving and rolling. Whereas in the second half, it felt like Duffy was way more settled and not that he was unsettled in the first half, but he was way more in a groove in the second half, hitting receivers in stride down the field, um, able to break big plays, but it really started like, well, obviously the scoring started, um, on a Duffy rush. There was a, uh, he dropped back to pass. There was a delayed blitz from Oklahoma state Duffy jukes this dude in the pocket because he gets through pretty easily. And like Duffy sidesteps him 
and he he goes flying by and then Duffy takes off running and makes two or three more defenders miss on his way to the end zone. His his athleticism on that play alone was just fantastic to watch. That was what you've seen him be able to do previously that makes you excited. Like this, if he can deliver this in your offense, your your defense like the game plan to defend against you guys against Texas Tech is gonna have to be so much more diverse. Like they're gonna have to take into effect. Not only can Duffy make the downfield reads and throws. Not only can he check down and hit his, his his dump off receivers, if neither of those things are there, he can take off running. Yeah, and he's 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 smart with it. You know, today he only had five rushing attempts, and that was one of them. He he really stuck to the plan of. I remember the pocket completely collapsing around him on one play when I believe Tech was headed south. I can't remember. I know that he completed a pass. I feel like it was on a second or a third down. And he just stepped right up into it. He and looked. He had some room to run, but instead of running, that may have been the play that he hit Vasher for the the, the touchdown. And I, I also feel like there was that one, and there was a play either on that drive or another drive in that quarter where they were they were going south. Where I, I even tweeted like he stepped up like, like a grown man because the <laughs> right, like you said, the pocket kind of it kind of folded around him. Like the the tackles came down. Uh, or, or came upfield and he could have taken off running, but he stepped up and found a receiver down the field and hit him and picked up a bunch of yards. Yeah. Um, he had a, a couple of, of moments like that, that were really impressive to see his poise and just see him not immediately use his feet, which had he used his feet, I don't think anyone would have been super disappointed because I'm sure he would have picked up positive yardage. Uh, but he, they were talking to him about that today during the press conference. And I think someone brought up something about, you know, how, how do you decide when and when not to run? And he knows, you know, he said that he's, he probably ran it too much last year and got himself banged up and he's, he's got to be careful with it, but he's kind of been told that he can use his athleticism when he, when he, you know, feels like he needs to. Yeah. Because we're, we're one play away from having Jack Jackson Tyner as a starter. Um, but as Duffy was your starter today. He was he went twenty six for forty four. You would hope his completion percentage was a little higher. There were several of those where it was definitely on Duffy. Like he either threw into some questionable coverages, or he overthrew his receivers. But there were a handful of them that he hit guys down the field, hit them in their hands, and they dropped it. There were, I think, on back to back drives. There was one deep throw to. Uh, Gosh, who was the first one that, that dropped? Mannix in? is the one I remember. There was a deep throw to Mannix who was open, um, and he may like it may have been just out of his reach. The next drive, it was against it was Dalton Rigdon, and he had it in his hands and he dropped it. Both of those, I believe, could have been scoring plays had the completion been made. But he ends up going twenty six for forty four, four hundred and twenty four yards, four touchdowns zero interceptions, five rushes, 16 yards, one more touchdown. So a rushing touchdown and no fumbles. So Duffy was responsible for five touchdowns today. He was the only rushing touchdown or so he had all, all the touchdowns 
all of them. What's um, What's <laughs> also great about his stat line is who he got the ball to. You know, Vasher had five receptions. He was the leading receiver with receptions. Five receptions, 110 yards, some excellent catches. But what surprised me and I think a lot of us were really excited to see was Dante Thompson really becoming a threat. Uh, he was targeted nine times today, caught five passes, 46 yards, uh, averaged about a first down a catch. It was refreshing to see him, and I don't know if that's just how how Duffy's surveying the field. Maybe he is actively looking at the middle a little bit more than Bowman was, or maybe he's been coached to do that. But, but they were finding success over the middle. Yeah, and, and not just, you know, piddly little three or four yards here and there. I mean, we're talking seven, eight, 13 yard gains well, Travis, in the middle, or they'll break some tackles and then go way beyond that. Uh, but seeing Dante Thompson really kind of emerge today, had a career day. Uh, uh, I think Labar told us that in the Slack chat. I think this is the most receptions he's had in a game ever. Uh, maybe we're finally going to see that tight end position become more involved directly with the offense. I was going to say, uh, Travis Kuntz caught a, a pass up the middle, one catch for 25 yards. Um, the screen plays were working, like the running back screens. It looked like every single one of them was coming across the formation. So if the linebacker, sorry, if the running back started off to the quarterback's right, the screen was going to the left. Or if the running back was on the left, the screen would go to the right. And for some reason, that crossover in the screen helped break some of these these receivers, the running backs free. They did. Were, it was a good play. It was a good play design. There were very few of those running back screens that did not work. No, um, especially when they ran them that way. Yep. Then going in. Um, Middle-ish of the of the second quarter, the drive started with, with that that interception that you the second interception you forced. Uh, the offense is driving down the field. Duffy hits Keshawn Carter in the end zone, like just a beautiful pass where only Keshawn Carter could have caught it. It, it went it went to review. It ended up being upheld. Um, and I want to play that for you real quick. Faster at the top of your screen, Duffy. Throws it up top for Keyshawn Carter. And they say, touchdown. So that one took a little bit longer because the 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 officials had to kind of confer for a second. But that play and then this next play I'm going to play you were just incredible throws. Oklahoma, they've got some talented backs. Six for 47 here today. Duffy throwing to the end. So that Vasher play one uh, Duffy stepped up and, and avoided the rush. He threw to a, to TJ Vasher who was not only double covered, but the way that Vasher threw it, sorry, way that Duffy threw it to Vasher only Vasher could have caught it. And if he, he, sorry, he threw it over the two defenders. Only Vasher could have caught it. And it could have been um, only could have been a touchdown or an incompletion but he just dropped a beautiful ball into TJ Vasher to go up. What would that have been with that? Uh, Vasher's catch. Let me see. I that think that been, was 27 to seven. Yeah. So that was, that was the drive you started the second half with. 
yeah, it, it was a I mean, Vasher made a great play on the ball to catch that because he had to fully extend his arms and that ball just you know, was flying right to him and uh, didn't drop down. It had some speed on it and he had to make a good catch there. It was a great play by both those guys. And then one more play I want to talk about before we get into questions and kind of start to wrap this one up. We talked about the poise of Jet Duffy and just how how well he seemed to run the offense today. This last touchdown I want to play for you. He hits his at least his third read downfield, and it was a thing of beauty. He starts off, he looks right. Um, I think there's a handoff fake first, or it, it, it's an RPO. He looks right, possibly to Vasher. It's not open, and then comes back and hits this. Um, oh gosh, hits this 56 yard touchdown to Eric Ezukana. They do the same thing. Duffy keeps it. So when Ezukama makes that catch, one, he's wide open. Two, he's got one defender to beat, and he makes that silly back juke where the defender completely overruns him and ends up out of bounds, and Ezukama runs the last 20 yards or whatever it is. Um, and that one really, like, that's that touchdown there, um, it was with about 12 minutes to go in the game. That puts you up. 45 21 in the fourth quarter yeah, yeah. or 45 and, that, and it was just like it, at that point it just felt like it was over having seen cd lamb do that to tech a few times last week this was this was a welcome sight uh and, and we, we got to see that a lot our our playmakers our tech's playmakers today on the offensive side made the oklahoma state guys look foolish on some plays really made a miss really made them with a couple of just completely missed tackles. Uh, they they weren't used to to facing guys like this that were able to uh, you know make so much yardage off of just a little bit of contact and keep going. Yeah. So that last drive, you took over the ball at the six yard line. You had a punt and then a, a block in the back penalty that kind of pushed you back. You started the six. You drove ninety four yards in six plays on a drive where you only took three and a half minutes off the clock. And I remember saying this is like. Wells and Yost have, are deliberately slowing down the pace of the offense, but they drove the length of the field in 324 and scored to essentially put the game away. Um, one, last, one last play I want to talk about, and it's one that Matt Wells talked about as probably being the play of the game, was after an Oklahoma State touchdown, they went for two, and Jordan Brooks tackled Spencer Sanders and kept him from converting the two-point conversion. And he said, with that, we were able to keep a 10-point lead, keep the keep it a two-score game, and essentially end the game there. Um, and it was just a thing of beauty to see the linebacker kind of scrape across the formation, and then the hole opens up, and he meets Spencer Sanders in the hole, and it was just great, fundamental, technique, strong tackle to yeah. seal the game. Completely, completely stuffed. So on the day, your offense goes for just under 600 total yards, 424th of the year, 162 on the ground. You did hit seven penalties. Um, it felt like 
they were mostly inconsequential until there towards the end. Now, you only converted two third downs. You, you went two for 13, and then you were 0 for 2 on fourth down. So your third down offense was not very good. Um, luckily, or because your defense was playing so well, you were also forcing Oklahoma State into a really terrible third down conversion. So that didn't really hurt you today. You ran, you ran 79 total plays to Oklahoma State's 93. You picked up more than seven yards per play, 16 yards per, per completion through the air, and 4.6 on the ground. Um, it was just all around. You had a really great day. Still plenty of things to work on and get better, both on offense, defense, and special teams, if you want to look there, too. Michael Yanni, final thoughts on the game before we get to questions? Not really. I've, I'm just really impressed with the effort we saw today, and I think it surprised a lot of people, including me. And, you know, Baylor is 5-0 and after today, after beating Kansas State, and now headed to Waco next week. This is going to be a heck of a game um, that could really test our guys again. Yes, that, that game next week I think is – is going to be another another step into kind of proving what the 2019 Texas Tech football team is going to be. I agree. Sorry, I'm scrolling back to the beginning of the questions because it's been a while, so they, they've been able to pile up a little bit. Good. We like questions. Keep sending them. Okay. Guns Up Nation. Um, nope. That was during the game. William Dylan Powell sent me a picture what looks like a uh, like a Halloween decoration like a skeleton but he's wearing a Texas Tech jersey and he's got like a a Texas Tech foam gun ah and he just sent, he just said uh, hashtag guns up so yeah tis the season at Texas mischief thanks William Dylan Powell um Final Four with the Matadors said, did we have more talent on D than Kingsbury utilized or has coach Matt Wells worked a small miracle? Do you have any thoughts? Um, so I'm, I've still got, I've still got the OU game bad taste in my mouth and I can't help it. Uh, I, I think that, you know, obviously Dakota Allen was, you know, and Jashawn Johnson were huge, playmakers last year uh wells has some true freshmen back there starting or some redshirt freshmen at least and especially in the secondary uh you know and and there's a couple other guys that are gone uh, joe wallace i think was expected to do some great things but he's gone too so i'm really not sure i i think in the secondary wells is probably doing more with less though i would i would say that i would say outside of Zach McPherson and Rambo who didn't play today. Um, this is largely the same defense that you had previously. So the performances you're getting are from players that you had last season. So I wouldn't say that Wells is doing, doing this with more talent. Um, he's, he's using what we have. He's developing the guys. The scheme is obviously helping a little bit. Um, as long as you're making fundamental sound tackles and not getting just embarrassed like you were in Norman. Um, 
we're seeing this defense be successful. Amy Nelson says, much happier with the performance this week, but finishing is still not their strong suit. We have got to be bloodthirsty and not let up. So, yes, one, on your five turnovers, you scored 13 points. That's not enough. No. A good team. I mean, Oklahoma State, I wouldn't say was close to, but I would say a really good team is going to be able to overcome you only putting up 13 points on those kind of turnover numbers. Um. And then when you went, like in the first half, we had those nine straight drives where you stopped Oklahoma State. I mean, theoretically, it's possible if you had scored a touchdown on those nine drives, you could have been up 63 to zero, which would have been fantastic. Right. (laughs) But you only scored 20 points in the first half. After having stopped Oklahoma State, like I said, nine straight drives in a row. Um, You've got to be able to do that. And then there late, Oklahoma State was able to score a touchdown kick and recover an onside kick, score a touchdown, convert a two-point conversion, and then get real, like make things really interesting. Um, whereas... Yeah, you allowed 14 unanswered. You know, you're up 45-21 and kind of... Uh, as, as you pointed out, Amy, the, the bloodthirsty side didn't really show up there. They kind of got to come back in it and cut it to a two-score game. Yeah, so you, you got to work on that. And that's something that we, we, we also saw with, with Kingsbury. Uh, it was one of his biggest things, you know, when we would give up big leads. We're like, this team just could never finish or, or put anybody away. Red Raider re- Reset Man, any chance we might squeeze into a bowl game this year if this team shows up the rest of the year? If the team you saw today shows up, yeah, I, I, you're going to win six games. You're going to have th- three more wins on the schedule. Um, the thing about sports, I was kind of talking to this the Michael on the way out of the press game, post game press conferences. It's so frustrating because it's so inconsistent. Like this is not the team you saw last week. Um, if you played this game, if you played against Oklahoma state, another, like if you played the same game next week, this could be like a completely opposite. It could go the other way. Um, and you could look like trash. Um, but with the remaining schedule, I think getting to a bowl game, Winning today was going to go a long way to help you with that. You've still got both Kansases on the schedule. Kansas State may not be as good as they were. Maybe Baylor's a lot better than I'm, I'm giving them credit for. I think both of those teams can be had. Kansas State maybe is going to be the difficult one. You still have West Virginia. So you've got those three. And then, you know, if you get any kind of upsets or you, you're a performance like today against Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, not Kansas, Texas, um, TCU, TCU. Yep, yep. You could really push to, back towards seven or eight wins. Um, well, back towards seven wins, which you were kind of hesitating going that way after you lost to Arizona. Um, Tyler Timmons. So about that p- plus 10 point spread. I'm so glad that, to have been wrong us too, Tyler. This means we got to keep the fast food polls going, right? Best dipping <laughs> sauce at Chick-fil-A. I go sweet and spicy sriracha. Um, uh, I'm going Chick- Chick-fil-A sauce. I was about to say the Chick-fil-A sauce is pretty good. If you're going with like a plain like nugget or something, the, the Buffalo sauce is pretty good, but all around the Chick-fil-A sauce is pretty, pretty solid choice. Fabio Naldino, great win. Can Jordan Brooks get a statue outside the Jones, please? This guy never gives up. He might need one at the end of the season. 
if he's going to be contributing like he was. Like you said, 19 total tackles, eight solo, three sacks, four tackles for loss, one QB hurry, one forced fumble. And then Thomas Leggett, the safety, he felt like he was everywhere. He ended up leaving the game early. He was a second leading tackler with nine tackles, nine solo, two tackles for loss. Um, pleasant surprise was how comfortable Jet was in the pocket. Yeah, the offensive line today was so much better than, than we've seen in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, they've, uh, and, and you know, I think they did a little bit better than what we gave them some credit for. But it, it's partially because of how Duffy handled himself. Uh, I mean, he, he really, when even when the pocket was collapsing, he just still just stepped in, stepped through it, and still would make some great throws and some great reads. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he was very poised back there. It was, it was really great to see. Peter Puente, Iced Wizard, does Duffy's performance name make Wells' decision to start Tyner last week even more baffling? The better that, that Duffy does th- the rest of the schedule, the more it's going to call into question why Tyner started in Norman. Um, yeah. And, and one thing we were talking about early in the game or at halftime was a lot of what Jet Duffy can give you, you can't replicate that in practice. Like you can't, he can't show you how to or how he improvises and breaks off and takes off a run because most of the time those kind of plays will get blown dead um, because they don't want the quarterback hit in practice where in a game like we were able to see on his touchdown run, he breaks through an arm tackle and takes off running. Whereas in practice that would have been a stop. Um, right. So it's, it's probably hard to project what jet Devy can give you in a practice setting. And that's a, about as far as I can say, besides Duffy just progressing into this offense um, since the three weeks or whatever it was that they kind of decided to give Tyner a shot. Um, Jazz F, how big of an abomination is this nonsense from Pizza Hut? She's talking about the, the stuffed cheese at pizza. Jazz, I'm willing to find out. I'm, I'm 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 all about trying to find out how big of an abomination this is firsthand. I'll, I'll try it for you. I don't know. And then she goes <laughs> on. Well, I, I say I don't know. I don't know if I would do it. And as a I serious would. question, how much of this game was domination by Tech? Both the players and coaching staff seemed more interested in this game than OU versus OU playing like heart garbage. Um, I I really think the defense and, and we kind of mentioned it earlier. I think they took advantage of Spencer Sanders' potential for turnovers. I, I think that was by domination. And I think the fact that OSU played poorly, at, at least you know in those five instances where they coughed up the ball, I'm thinking that's probably more on the defense than, than the offense. And usually I'm one that will kind of go, well, it could be both, but I think in this case – they really seem to have that kid's number and he wasn't going to be able to really take over the game today. And I think they really made sure of that. You I mean, tell- they, he only rushed for, I mean, he rushed for 19 times and only got 82 yards. And some of those were on, on big chunks there towards the end when he was breaking off 15, 20 yard runs. 
Right. He had he had a twenty yard run out of those nineteen. So he rushed eighteen times for sixty two yards. So it's they really contained him on the ground and then through the air. I I I think I will give the defense some the credit on that. What yardage were you looking at? Because what I'm looking at, it says he had 19 carries for 46 yards. I, I'm seeing the that final stat sheet that got handed to us at the. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, net of 46 yards. Oh, okay, okay. Because that, that sorry, probably yeah, because that, that that won't include including the sacks and everything. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's way less than I thought. Yeah, I'm I'm way off, guys. I was looking at the wrong column. 19. Rushes for 46 net yards. Yep. W- with a long of 20. So at 18 for 26. Yep. If you were to take that one, which, which you can't. But Cooper Burnett, what was the most impressive aspect today? Duffy, third down defense, line play, or other? I would say the, the defensive line play. Um, with how you were able to, one, create pressure on Spencer Sanders, but also to contain Chuba Hubbard, to the tune of 34 rushes for only 156 yards last week when he ran for 300 on like 20 carries, I was concerned you made him rush almost 15 more times than he did last week for half as many yards. And a lot of that was containing and slowing him down up front. And I think that comes from the defensive line. I'm going to say Duffy because I'm just comparing him to what we saw last year. He was, very comfortable today, very poised. My only knock on him is just his completion percentage, which was just below 60%. That's that's really not going to work most games, but he was still able to get 424 yards. He had a QB rating of 170, five touchdowns, including that rushing touchdown. This was an excellent game by him. Uh, no turnovers. You know, we, we talked about it in the first half, and I think we kind of jinxed it. He wasn't really even throwing into double or triple coverage or anything like that in the first half until we said that until we said that and then the second half he he had a few of them that were he kind of lucked out that the they didn't end up in Oklahoma State's hands but I was really impressed with how he played today and it's probably the best game we've seen from him absolutely um Rob Bro says I had almost forgotten what it felt like to win a big 12 game at home and then I I I replied first one not named Kansas since 2015. This is the first team you've beaten in Lubbock that wasn't Kansas in four years. Yeah, that's a big 12 opponent and it's who yeah <laughs> that's a while and it was your first ranked win at home since 2012 I think 2013 no, 2013 versus TCU early in the season so that's Kingsbury's first year um, only your second time to beat. OU at home since 2008 or OSU at home since 2008. Matt Wells headset. The win was fun, but I'm worried about the offense's poor third down conversion rate. What the heck? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what that was. It felt like there were times during the game when I turned to Michael and I said, if we're running the ball at plus five yards a carry, why are we not doing this more? Sure. Um, yeah, because on the it felt like when you were facing a third down, it was like a third and long that you had like an incompletion and then like a short completion or like a, a very short run um, that you weren't really sticking with the run. So there were a couple of things that I think could have helped you in the third down conversions 
one, had you stayed more consistent with the run um, to help, you know, shorten the third down defense. And then there towards the end of the game, we were seeing some success over the middle. If they were able to do that earlier in the game, maybe you're able to keep drives moving. Um, But there was one drive. I can't remember if you scored on it or not, but you had like a first down five or six plays in a row. And the offense was just rolling. Um, yeah, I think they were heading north, and I can't remember what happened either. I pointed out that the the hashtag OK State timeline on Twitter was a mess. And I had a couple people reply. Hillary said, here for it all with a gif. <laughs> um, we should be getting close to the end here. Kyle's Raider Power, Double T, what do you think made the defense look so good today versus what it looked like against Oklahoma? I think you you took advantage of a not as talented offensive line. You forced a younger quarterback who had been turnover prone into a lot of pressure. You forced a turnover early um, that may have rattled him for the rest of the game, and then you just didn't let up. Yeah, uh, that's really it. Just got pressure to him and took. Well, for the most part, I, I wouldn't. We've covered this, but you didn't really take advantage of the turnovers, but you did at least create them. Yes, Tyler Timmons. It's a maker's mark kind of night, boys. Taco Casa for everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you think they'll stick with Duffy when Bowman comes back? So my take is, I think we'll be far enough into the season, and Bowman will be far enough. I would say behind uh, in getting reps that it was my thought is you should probably redshirt Bowman this year. He hasn't played more than four games. Um, if you continue to roll with Duffy, um, whether or not this season, you know, you get to get to a bowl game or not, you can preserve a year of, of eligibility for Bowman. Um, but if Duffy keeps performing the way he is, it's going to be hard to turn the offense back over to Bowman who hasn't played in, four, six, eight weeks, whatever it is that he'll be out. Right. And we kind of teased this a little bit on the OSU preview, just kind of half jokingly, half seriously thinking, well, what if there's kind of a QB controversy once Bowman's healthy again? We could be headed towards that, but I think it just all depends because people are going to be so black and white, you know, one and zero off and on, on this offense and, if Duffy has a bad game, they'll they'll want Bowman back in just as soon as possible. Now, maybe not even a bad game. Maybe just a game where they think that Bowman would have done better. That doesn't mean it'll happen, but there's a chance that it could kind of come to that, and the and the coaches may even feel that way here or there, and they may they may put him back in. But I kind of like the idea of the potential to have Bowman just kind of have a mulligan on this year. Yeah. I One, it, it may not get you anything to, to bring him back in in game eight or whatever it is. Um, and just have him play for three or four more games and lose the, the ability to red shirt. Um, so I'm one, it, it's really going to depend on when he's healthy enough to come back and then how long it takes him to get back game ready. Because I mean, like I said, 
if you're getting to game eight on, on the schedule and then he's ready, it's like, oh, well, really, you've only got three or four more games left or four. Um, it just may not be worth bringing him back in and getting him back up to speed when you've been rolling with, with Duffy for five or six weeks at, at that point. Sure. I, I think it will definitely be something that they will have to look at. If, <clears throat> if Duffy's had some down games those last couple, then they may there may be more of a push to try to get Bowman back out there. It It's going to be situational, and it will be uh, something to keep our eyes on for sure. Really quickly, I just want to read this from Rob Bro. Is this the correct Week 6 Big 12 power rankings? He went Oklahoma 1, Texas 2, Baylor 3, Oklahoma State 4, Iowa State 5, Texas Tech 6, Kansas State 7, West Virginia 8, TCU 9, Kansas 10. I don't know if I'd have TCU that low, but I can't really argue that one. Right, I can't. I'm. That's the only, that's the only one I was kind of... Um, hung up on because TCU yeah they did get dominated in Ames today 49-24 but they blew um Kansas out of the water last week after losing to SMU so I I, I don't know I, I could see them uh at least being above West Virginia yeah all right, so that'll do it for us this week on the Oklahoma State post-game instant reaction podcast. Your Texas Tech Red Raiders win this week 45-35 on a very impressive day from Jet Duffy and the defense. Next week's schedule is going to be a little different. I'm traveling. We'll probably record later. It may be Wednesday before we record. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. I may take this on the road. We'll see. We probably won't have a Baylor preview interview because of my schedule. Okay. We'll just have to see. Michael, you got any any parting shots, any words of advice for Red Raider fans? Uh, enjoy it. I mean, enjoy the win. I would be cautiously optimistic about the rest of the season, but this is a game that I really did not anticipate Tech being in really at all and i'm so glad to be wrong about that um but i'm hoping that it's not just a fluke and that it's something that they can build on and and keep rolling with absolutely for michael i'm spencer thanks for joining us once again on the 23 personnel podcast